When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the, well, this week's edition of Trainings Absolute Podcast. If you were on the live stream, you saw me gesturing wildly because that's what I do on my other podcast and got confused. Uh, with you, as always, Steve Haller here. Uh, <laughs> joining me, everybody's back, Andy Pregler, Christian DeGuzman. What's going on this week, guys? Your wild gestures include yeeting a bucket of sunflower seeds onto a baseball field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's that's where we've come to at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be fair, the best tweet I saw about that to be fair. was... The, <laughs> the, uh, most baseball fights are grown men politely pushing each other and doing fake wrestling moves. Uh, this was not that. No, definitely <laughs> 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 not. <laughs> no, uh, most of the actual baseball fights look like the Rudy Giuliani video, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, we are extremely online on today's edition of the show. Yeah. Uh, but this baseball fight was a real baseball fight, and I'm, I'm kind of here for it. I mean, it's kind of funny that grown men are getting this upset about, um baseballs being thrown inside but here we are this is 2022 everything's just kind of weird we're here for it uh I, actually I we're, can not, say we're not here for it <laughs> i still love uh i don't know if you guys caught a couple might have been a month ago like as the playoffs were starting uh the mic'd up hockey fights uh showed up again that is the most yep. hilarious thing because you have grown men beating the hell out of each other while speaking the most politely they possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's great. Just look it up. As, as much as I love hockey fights, at the end of the day, they're really dumb, especially in the regular oh, yeah. season. Because once you once you reach the playoffs, no one's fighting. Oh no, no. And you know when they do you're fight, only, you're only you have... you're only fighting. It's it's if it's fourth line versus fourth line in the last fifteen seconds of the game, right? Yes. Right. And you've got you know guys in gloves that somehow for some reason take their helmets off, and then you know they have protective headgear. Keep it on and don't get punched in the head. Why would you take? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. On skates. Yes. It's. It's almost like when a football player tries to punch another football player in the face when they're wearing a football helmet. I remember seeing an incident like that. 2014 Villanova. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to that game, doesn't it? People forget that game started with Terrell Hunt <laughs> yes. trying to punch a guy in the second quarter. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Which means wow. we spent three quarters of that game with Austin Wilson at quarterback. Oh God! Wow. So that's where we're starting this podcast. That's how. That's how we're bringing this back to Syracuse. Is 
<laughs> Austin Wilson <laughs> at QB. All right. We, we got to have at some point in time the bingo game of Syracuse quarterback, uh, Syracuse backup quarterbacks in our lifetimes because mm. there have been some, and it's not, and the reason I say that there have been some names, it's not just the, oh, backup quarterbacks in college mean, you know, they're people that no one remembers except for the local fan base, except that almost all of them for Syracuse in the last 15 to 20 years have some either ridiculous story or lore attached to them or were highly recruited and just flamed out at Syracuse. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't, like, Syracuse does not have a normal backup situation or if we do have a normal backup situation, they all play because nobody can stay healthy. This is also a, uh, it's not like this is a modern thing. Like, this goes back to anything post-McNabb. It has turned into, like, legit, the entirety of the 2000s, that's been the case. Back from the Perry Patterson days. Like, you have Joe Fields, who turned into an awesome safety, but was highly recruited (laughs) as a quarterback. And Because people, people think the Syracuse quarterback situation for the modern fan and by modern fan, I mean like the last 15 years, yep. then people think the Syracuse quarterback situation is Greg Paulus and like, oh, it possibly couldn't get wilder than that. And yeah. Syracuse football was like, hold my beer. Right. You uh-huh. had you uh-huh. had the Andrew Robinson era. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was there there was times there were things that happened. There were um, things that happened. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Andrew Robinson to Mike <laughs> Williams was a thing. He's speaking as a grizzled war veteran right now. I've got, I've got, yeah, I've got the Syracuse thousand yard stare going on here. Next time, next time Steve goes camping with CMS, the horror story is not going to be your typical horror story that you tell at a campfire. It's going to be what happened during the 2007 Syracuse football season when quarterback. Let me tell you about the Greg Robinson era. That'll scare anybody. Oh boy, uh, we're already I off mean, the rails. Th- I'm glad. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, I mean this kind of seriously. Is I think the only two normal quarterback progressions that we have had at Syracuse are Tommy DeVito and Ryan Nassib, with two drastically different results. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds right. In in recent times. Uh, yeah, I think those are those are your two mo- most standard progressions that yeah, we've seen. Like you came in, you came in recruited, knowing that you were going to start as the backup and then work your way into starting. You eventually became a starter, and after three years on campus, you left. Um, the difference is that one left as an NFL draft pick, and the other, uh, well, we're going to f- see him this year playing in the Big Ten. So you know, normal things. <laughs> So post, we're throwing it out there, post yeah. uh, from from McNabb to Nassib, because most people remember what happened from Nassib to present. McNabb to Nassib, uh, you had Madi Williams, you had the aforementioned Troy Noons, uh, <laughs> R.J. Anderson, Perry Patterson, Andrew Robinson, Cam Dantley, Greg Paulus, Ryan Nassib. That's a progression. My. Also... That is 10 years of that many quarterbacks. <laughs> it's truly a carousel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was a revolving door. Yeah. My, my favorite part also is that when you go post-Nassif, and then when you go Terrell Hunt, and then in 2015, when Terrell Hunt comes back after getting injured um, in 2014, he gets injured in the second quarter in 2015, 
And no, you don't go to the three sophomores on your roster. You go straight to the true freshman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fun. Ugh. I, <laughs> at, I, at, I can't help but laugh. At, at, at a time where Steve was probably thinking, you know what? If I stepped in right now and played on this offensive line, I could probably do better than some of these guys. Uh, yeah, in that era, I was coming. I I was probably a little, you know, hot in the head coming off of actually <laughs> actually playing, but I, I had no eligible player or eligible uh, yeah eligibility exactly. left, so it, I was good. Like <laughs> mentally, I was in a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> that man, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna figure out how we're gonna do this, but we're gonna play Syracuse quarter backup quarterback bingo this off season. I'm not sure how, but we're gonna figure it out, and it's gonna be really fun. Um, that's, that's my task for an episode this off season. So, so what's the, uh, what's the recruiting card game online, Steve, that you've been, uh, Oh, envelopes of oh. cash. Yeah. Envelopes for cash. Yeah. So you replace all the recruit names with just Syracuse back and quarterbacks <laughs> in the 21st century. There we go. <laughs> Calling Andy Schwartz. We will, we will be in touch. That's a Syracuse mod instead of like, you know, fake names. No, it's Syracuse backup quarterbacks in the 21st century. Bingo. God. Perfect. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll do it. Uh, wow. Yeah, there is no... Well, we had a loose agenda for this episode, and now it's just completely gone. Um, but let's stick with football, then, and let's talk about recruits who are actually making it to campus. Mm. Um, there have been some recruits this week, um, some as literally as recently as, like, 20 minutes ago, maybe more than 20 minutes ago. Uh, well, that, that's when you saw it, but it was, like, a couple hours ago. Yeah, yeah Christian... Let's talk about... Um, Don't leave your phone the, in Albany, Andy. Oh, my gosh. That is a story for another day. Uh, actually, no. It's for here right now. Thank you, Amtrak. However, my train got a nice... My my phone got a nice scenic view of upstate New York. I went to Hudson and stopped. My train kept going uh, my with my phone. So, you know, good times. Uh, Christian, who is doing the reverse commute and coming down to Syracuse? Talk to us about the recruits. Um, that Syracuse has gotten this week, starting with the one uh, from today. Uh, well, the one from today is a running back, because as we've learned, you can never never have enough depth at any position, especially when your running back is Sean Tucker and your next running back in line is question mark, question mark, question mark. So the, the, the Syracuse Orange have picked up a uh, another running back recruit, and Muaf Parkman, I do not... I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that first name correctly. Uh, but he is another running back. I haven't seen too much on tape. Um, it's good that we're getting recruits. And it's, um, I believe he's another in-state recruit. If I'm, no, he's uh, a Jersey kid. He's a Jersey kid. Yeah, yep. just like, uh, like when Allen was like uh, in this past recruiting cycle. Yep. Uh, All your Jersey, Jersey running backs belong to us. All your Jersey players, just in general, really do belong to us. Uh, Syracuse is building a nice uh, Jersey pipeline. Suck it, Rutgers. Um, so, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, because really, let's be honest, any Jersey recruit that you steal from Rutgers is a win. And um, we'll get to it in a bit after we talk about the other guys that have joined in. But it's good that Syracuse is recruiting people. Yeah, and that uh, that Jersey, you, you know we have a Jersey host on the uh, the podcast when they're uh, immediately going straight to suck at Rutgers. Uh, <laughs> so uh, other than that, we also had uh, Jaleel Smith, who is a edge uh, prospect from Brooklyn, I believe. Brooklyn, yep, yes. Abraham Lincoln. I 
my my brain is processing. I'm like, I know I wrote this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, adding to that, um, you know, out, hand down outside linebacker or uh, you know five or seven technique uh, pool that we have going, and then um, Zaire Moultrie Goddard. There we go. Zion, Zion Moultrie Goddard. Um, I, I was telling Andy pre-pod, we've gone immediately for the all-name team this weekend. Apparently, I don't, it, it's, it's imperceivable that we could go uh, two for two for three on the all-name team. Um, but another uh, instinct. And Tyler Katie, the Syracuse football site, he's going to have his name cut out for him, his work cut out for him, uh, writing the pronunciation guide for these guys. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um uh, Moultrie Goddard's a three-star prospect and uh, comes to us from, I don't even know, Iona Prep. Iona Prep. So, there we go. Three additions to the class brings us up to number 70, I believe. Um, we're still a little light in the 23 class, but it seems to be starting yeah. to shape out. I, th- I think that's the big talking point, is that with the uh, additions that were made this week alone, which is great. You made three signings this week. The only problem is that they were signings four, five, and six right. in the class of 2023, which isn't exactly the beefiest of classes. Yes, I understand that you know you just had some two really big classes in 21 and 22, but I, I think you'd like to see a bit more momentum in the class. Yeah. Um, would, this, would this maybe be a bit of a come down off of that sixth year thing? Because we had more than most take advantage of the extra COVID year. Um, Like we, we lost a gap in there with a bunch of transfers out. So is it going to be like, are, are we going to need 23 as a recovery year? Or are we going to kind of rue 23 as um, kind of being stuck in the middle is I I guess where we, where we're going to see this come out. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. I mean, I'm I'm just taking a look right now. Um, this actually, you you guys kind of got me this conversation. I was like, let's go check out the twenty seven twenty four seven board. Um, and again, it's always kind of tough to tell with these things. Um, because twenty four seven does a great job of basically keeping track of every single player that Syracuse has been in contact with in any way, shape, or form. And you cast a wide net, especially when you were the orange. So, for example, their number one choice is the number four quarterback. Uh, uh, sorry, the number four quarterback, number 12 overall prospect, Dante Moore out of Detroit. We're, we're not going to get him, but he would be the number one recruit. Oh, I've never seen ever. <laughs> right. But it's uh, like there's there are those levels of targets that we're still going after. Yeah. Um, but when you take a look at the guys that are somewhat interested in Syracuse and there seems to be some re- reciprocity here. Um, Jaden Bass, who is an unranked uh, 6'5 offensive tackle out of Springfield, Massachusetts, um, is somewhat interested in the Orange. Uh, they lost out on Zion Fowler, who was a 6'1 athlete um, out of New Jersey to Pitt. Uh, they're looking at Eric King, who is a 6'3, 300-pound interior lineman from Jersey City. And I think um, he and DeAndre Duffus are taking an official, either they took an official this weekend or they're taking one upcoming. Um, I, I'm i mentally trying to parse my former reads of Stephen Bailey tweets. Go follow him. Yeah. Always good for information. But uh, I know there's two big men coming to campus, and those are the two, and I can't remember when. 
Uh, yeah, Duffus is the other one. He is a four, fringe four star recruit. Four star recruit. Um, he's right on that three four star line, but he's got he's three hundred pounds, and I think he's six five, uh, six four, three hundred thirty. Uh, fringe three four starter, three four star player out of Florida. Um, so yeah, like everybody else, it's kind of cool. Uh, Bailey actually just has a thing that uh Kansas wide receiver Bryce Cohoon. Uh, just visited and is looking at Syracuse and seems interested. But uh, but so the thing that from Kevin earlier uh, this week, six in total: Ike Daniels, Eric King, Nikhil Bertrand, and Jaden Bass. Uh, all those guys on offensive line, except for Daniels, who's a running back, and then wide receivers Josh Richards and the aforementioned Cahoon are all taking uh, visits this week. So it's not like Syracuse isn't trying for it. Yeah, lack of a better word. I no. the other crazy thing is I wouldn't be surprised if this year goes as anticipated with what uh the new OC and quarterback coach are selling. Um Jason Beck may be able to as dumb as it sounds, someone like a Dante Moore, if Beck can turn around Garrett Schrader, I could see a <laughs> a higher ranked prospect saying, you know what, this guy knows what he's doing. Um at present, I mean, I guess the track record is there, but the track record in this system isn't there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I think they're, you know, they're shooting their shot on some of these. But also, you know, depending on how the new staff does, like, look at what's already happening with the offensive line. You're seeing better recruits wanting to visit. You're seeing more interest in it uh, just with the presence of Mike Schmidt. If the same thing happens with Anae and Beck then, you know, that could help the skill positions as well. Running back, I'm not worried about because, well, apparently we can just bring them in. Yeah, and I think... I think. I mean, but if Anaya back did our job, you're not sure that the uh, recruits that are bringing in are going to be tight ends who actually can throw the ball? Mm, true. So we need quarterbacks and tight ends that can throw. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the the more interesting thing is that if you look at all these names, like it's Steve, to your point, I think that they're really prioritizing the offensive line in the Sears class, which makes sense considering where everybody's kind of where the roster construction is at and where they need to build depth. And uh, and in that regard, it is kind of a weird situation where the we've talked about this and John, you know, may he enjoy his perpetual Syracuse retirement. Uh, always went to say. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I'm retire- sure he's listening to and like, what the hell yeah. are these idiots doing? Yeah, may he enjoy his retirement in peace. Uh, the the general <laughs> vibe with Syracuse recruiting has been an inability to kind of keep a roster pipeline going. So, like what we talked about with the quarterbacks at the top of the show. Um, the pipeline has always been screwy at quarterback for Syracuse, and it's fine when there's one or two positions that are like that, but when your entire roster doesn't really have a pipeline, it starts to create long-term issues, and I think that that's probably the biggest red flag with the Syracuse football program is outside of getting these high-impact freshmen to come in and start right away, it's been a little bit trickier for them to develop a true okay, sit two years, start two years kind of uh, consistent churn going on on the roster. Um, One of the places where they have done that, though, and Steve, I think you can kind of talk about this a little bit, 
is the offensive line. And obviously the there has been some significant improvement over the last couple of years. But all things and then considered, everybody gets hurt. Right. I was going to say, <laughs> let's take away the injury side of this. But like on paper, this year's line seems to be a great mix of veterans who have all had some spot starts here and there, but for the most part, got to get their feet wet um, in intermediate action. You know, they play their four games before the redshirt status gets kicked in. Christian, we're talking big man week 2.0. I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. <laughs> I just saw Steven Stamkos really unbelievably easy to dissect the Colorado defense with too too much ease. So I'll let you take this. <laughs> um, 16 offensive line on the roster. Uh, we currently have a construction that includes redshirt senior Darius Tisdale, redshirt senior Dakota Davis. Um, so they're gone, gone. You have <laughs> uh, Veterello, who's a redshirt, redshirt junior, who's eligible to go. You have uh, Chris Bleich and Will Frumi, who are uh, redshirt juniors, who are also eligible to leave. And then Matthew Bergeron, who is a true junior, who is most likely gone. Um Ergo, I totally get why they're prioritizing offensive line in this 23 class. Um, there's some depth behind them, but it's a weird, weird situation. Um, we seem to be running in ebbs and flows with this. If we can get someone like a Bleich or a Frumi to hang around, that'd be great. I'm Again, I'm, I'm assuming Tisdale, Davis, and Bergeron are like out of here. Um, I mean, if somehow Tisdale and Davis find a way to stick around that's impressive that would be uh <laughs> come back for a seventh year it's fine we have them you know just you know it's you're getting the better part of a decade um i believe the tommy boy quote was uh yeah they're called doctors uh at this point i think both of them could have a doctorate seeing you know if they've been here long enough um that said as football players there's no chance in hell just from a timing constraint because at D3, I had a hard enough time as a biology major. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a weird... Roster construction is a fickle mistress. There is mm -hmm. no... There's no good way to... Especially with the transfer portal. Um, you bring in whatever you can, and then you're now in the modern time... Uh, in, in our non-fungible transfer portal, we are going to have to uh, try and find a way <laughs> to bring people in or, you know, know that they're going to leave. Like, there's uh, no... One, <laughs> good job sneaking the, the title of the show into the thing. <laughs> Just, you, did, you did the movie thing. Good for you. Um, but two, yeah, I think wait, it is... But, that, but that's the roll credits moment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you all for uh, tuning in and listening to this edition of Tronies is an Absolute Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, no, we already we, lost half our listenership because we've only talked football and not basketball at all yet. So We're making you eat your goddamn vegetables, please. Uh, vegetables are good for you. The You know what else is good for you, though? And it's, it is just kind of understanding that roster construction is never going to be there. Uh, Famously, Ohio State let Joe Burrow go because they were too deep at quarterback. Like, right. these things happen. There are different issues at different programs because, you know, some places just recruit too well and other places like Syracuse um, miss on certain recruits <laughs> or certain players. So, you know, it's not exactly apples to apples, but uh, there are 
some you know instances that show that especially uh nowadays there's never going to be a perfect roster however what you should do is find ways to make sure that you don't end up in a situation where you need to find a starter in the transfer portal in order to immediately fill a key position cough cough looking at a quarterback uh quarterback situation uh like this year where luckily garrett schrader was able to stay healthy and was able to show something last year. But if Schrader had gotten seriously injured or had flamed out, Syracuse would be looking at getting a starting quarterback in the transfer portal. Um, because Even though some fans would probably argue that he still flamed out. I, I do think that there's, you know, this yeah. is kind of the perpetual middle ground that we live in as Syracuse fans is that, sure, we'd like to upgrade at every starting position, except for running back um, and maybe cornerback. Other than that, oh yeah, linebacker too. We're stacked now. That's Line, weird. It's linebacker me- this year, next year, <laughs> not so much ball game. Because again, yeah, if uh, we if we go through the ro- or the roster construction thing, you have Mikel Jones Jr. I'm not gonna lie, that means he's eligible to go. Uh, well, no, he was he was not just eligible to go. He was eligible eligible to go last year, right? And I said, oh that yeah, at the he's, beginning a, of he's a junior junior. Yeah. I, I said that at the end of last I said that at the beginning of the season last year as well. And people were like I think you two were like, oh, don't remind me. And then it became abundantly clear that he actually might go. Right. Yeah, and the fact that he's back is, you know, quite the quite the godsend. But Marlo Wax, again, similarly, he's listed as a sophomore, but this is his third year. Right? Oh, yeah. So Yeah, he's Wax, a COVID, he's a COVID sophomore. Same thing with Stefan Thompson. Oh, 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 God. Uh, and then you have Anwar Sparrow, Mackay Mason, Leon Lowry, Malik Matthew, Ryan Dolan, Austin Rune, John O'Connor, Derek McDonald. Maybe Steve Linton? Steve Linton is in, is a yes somewhere. The defensive line, where. I don't even know what we're what we're doing there at present. Um there's a lot of bodies. Tony can take some snaps there. We have one fullback on the roster, and that's Rhino, who is a fullback by name only. He's a tight end and a fullback and a offensive lineman and a defensive he's lineman. A, he's a sixth offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Linton, Josh Huff, uh, Chase Simmons, Kevin Darton, Jadius Rhino is, the, Rhino is the offensive lineman that you don't need to tell the uh, official that he's checking in as an eligible receiver. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's on the field. Okay, he's fine. He's an offensive <laughs> lineman wearing number five. I think we're going to, uh, we're going to, understand that he's eligible um yeah pat alberga dennis check has ahmad oh ahmad uh, masood moved over to d-line as well uh so josh huff and him uh have augmented the d-line and then lockett okachuku nolton elijah wright elijah funtis funtis kundif uh is all we have for d-line too so uh yeah we've got we've got roster construction things happening I'm not going to lie, uh, man, I keep forget. I knew that this was a thing, but I'm trying to focus on the here and the now, be more present in my life. Uh, that is terrifying. That's going to freak me out all season long. I'm going to be like, <laughs> it's, exactly, uh, it's exactly like the modern day problem. When do you, do you what, what do you want to have crippling anxiety about the fear now or the future? Right. Well, in Syracuse's case, unfortunately, it's, it's porque no las dos. Exactly. <laughs> Um, well, and it's funny because if you look at the DBs, 
we have you know 75 dbs on the roster but you have deuce and garrett that are guaranteed your starters you have jihad carter you have uh a ton of guys that have gotten time in jason simmons neil nunn amon greenwood rob Hanna, uh Braylon oliver is the transfer like eric coley i forget came back for his i believe he's his sixth year too yeah he's so year. uh it's there, there's a lot of a lot of experience back there but who knows what's going to happen um I know. Yeah. I, I think I. I think I kind of want to ask this question. So, for the last two years, we have continuously said that this is a young team, that the mistakes and the variants that came with this team were to be expected because it's a young team. Yeah. Hearing all like this is no longer a young team. This nope. is a veteran team by college football standards. As dumb as it sounds, by eligibility, it's still a very young team. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I guess, yeah, because the COVID eligibility yeah. stuff There's so is, many redshirt freshmen on this roster, it's not even funny. But they've all been on campus for like two and a half to three years. Yeah, they're all third-year redshirt freshmen. Just absolutely wild. Mm-hmm. What years? Um, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the weird thing, though, is that like, so my question to you then... Um, and Christian, we'll start with you, is just how much rope are you going to give this team for quote-unquote young mistakes or young team whatever? Because we know the schedule's difficult. We've covered that every show from here to Timbuktu. Uh, that being said, there's a level of execution that I think we have to start expecting out of this team. And it's kind of weird to be to have those expectations, is it not? Yes, but then again... You brought up the gaping elephant in the room, which is the schedule. And it's the big reason why I know a lot of people want to hammer to over on a four and a half or a three and a half for the win total. I'm not as confident just because of the schedule and how brutal it is. And yes, there are this is a team that has been a, with that has guys that have been around for a while. And the, the matter of fact is that the teams that they're playing, the guys that they have, have been around longer. Yeah. So. I, as you know me, I'm the eternal optimist. I would hammer the over on a four and a half, but I still don't think, I I still don't think I would hammer an over anything above that. I don't know if they're getting to a bowl. I would like to think they are. But, yeah, it's it's a weird-ass situation right now where we have one of the most talented teams we've seen in a long time. And we just have a murderer's row coming at us. And and then, especially, again, when you think experience-wise, like, yeah, these guys have experience, but not as much as experience that the other schools have. And then where mm-hmm. those schools, that, that Syracuse plays, where they lack in experience, they make up in raw natural talent. Oh, uh, for the record, 36 redshirt freshmen. Oh, wonderful. That, that's just explicitly redshirt freshmen. Uh, mm-hmm. Our quarterbacks justin lampson dan valari jacoby and morgan and luke mcphail are all redshirt freshmen oh wonderful how i don't know but they are well remember with an a and back the quint allen is going to be a quarterback as well so right this is true we're gonna have like the 30 year old quarterback by the time that this is all said and done yeah, Dan Dan Valeri is going to be the uh, the guy sitting there with gray hairs, like in his beard, kind of like mine. 
uh, as you can see on the live stream, uh, <laughs> just being like, all right, I'm still here. <laughs> Is he the emergency backup quarterback? <laughs> I Well, he uh, nah, eh. oh, and that's it's funny because I don't think this roster doesn't actually have the Florida transfer on it either. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about so, that. Yeah, that was I'm, the thing that happened this summer. Right. We also got a random Florida transfer that is like, okay, sure. Sounds great. I'll take another quarterback who, with the Lampson injury, probably steps into that number two spot. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, sorry to, you know, the, the two guys Jacobian. I just mentioned, Jacoby and Valari. It's like, he just on name and talent, like, or pedigree alone from our our mind again if anybody on the team is listening to this we haven't seen shit so we're, <laughs> we're just going off of what we can read um but yeah i mean from our standpoint it really kind of like he's he's the number two at this point without lamson because the only thing we saw was lamson and he looked good so that's kind of where we have to slot him right yeah a lot of this year is also going to be remembering, oh, guess what? This team should have Justin Lamson as the two. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, all I can say is that there's, we don't know that he's out for the year, but we're pretty sure he's out for the year. It's the weirdest injury that has yet to be confirmed. And there's no need for them to confirm it until Stephen Bailey is allowed his 10 minutes of football filming practice, and then he can tell us whether or not he's actually injured, injured uh, for the season. And then I can you spend know. an hour analyzing the 30 second clip. Exactly. 100%. Um, we're about at halftime. We're actually a little bit over halftime. So I just want to shout out our sponsor, Homefield Apparel, maker of uh, the country's finest vintage t shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, joggers. Uh, they just make everything that's really comfy and has really cool vintage logos on it. They're in the middle of releasing Big New Saturday, which is when every Saturday a new school gets uh, home field apparel branded merchandise. This upcoming week is going to be Nebraska. They just launched their Washington State collection. So even if you're not a Syracuse fan, you're a fan of some other school that does athletics, uh, home field probably has a shirt for you. Also, if you're like me and you just like sometimes want a really comfortable shirt that has a not Syracuse logo on it, but has something cool on it, they have a lot of those shirts. Lots of fun mascots, lots of fun vintage logos, lots of script logos. Looking at you, Syracuse, release more script logos. Uh, that way, Homefield can put them on T-shirts and I can wear them. So if you would like to do, do you that, want a ho use uh, Homefield Waldo? <laughs> Homefield Orange Waldo? Paging, paging Homefield brand apparel. You are, we have given you your next great idea. Uh, <laughs> head to Homefield Apparel. Use promo code Noons N U N E S for ten percent off your first order of Homefield apparel. Uh, gentlemen, it is time for us to talk basketball because you know that is a thing that some fans say that they like more than football. Don't know why, uh, <laughs> but there was men's basketball news this week. Do you want to start with the players that are on campus or the players that used to be on campus and now play together as a not campus team? That's sort of a campus team. Well, first things first, I'd like to uh, shout out the aforementioned uh, retired in peace, John Casillo, for the fact that 
this podcast still is a football first podcast somehow. We added three new hosts and still ended up a football first podcast. Uh, Forever and ever. That's the rule. Yeah. You, you apparently, if you host this, you have to uh, be football first. Um, that said, I'd say we dive into the ones coming to campus or on campus. Cool. Uh, let's talk about the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, Syracuse will be playing the Illinois Fighting Illini with the winner getting the rights to use the tangerine emoji. Uh, Illinois will be hosting Syracuse. Um, the Orange have played Illinois three previous times and has a one and two record. The winner um, gets to the winner gets to finally claim Tommy DeVito as their own. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, man. Tommy- too soon. Uh, by the time this game <laughs> takes place, I think Tommy DeVito's season will actually be completed, um, which is kind of sad. But uh, DeVito's the... going to have a, uh, those half and half scarves, but it's Syracuse, Illinois. <laughs> but it's actually going to just be the same colors. Like, yeah, exactly. You can't actually tell where each half is. Mm-hmm. It's just a scarf. It's just a blue and orange scarf. <laughs> yep. Um, but the uh, Illinois Illini finished last year 23-10. and 10, Very good record. Um, they lost in the NCAA second round. And you might recognize one of the players on next year's team. Uh, remember that really big guy from Baylor, the really big lanky white guy that was a pain in the ass for everybody who played Baylor? Yeah, he's on Illinois now. Um, mm-hmm. So a Syracuse team that does not have a very strong front court is going to be challenged immediately by one of the country's best front court players. What could possibly go wrong? Um Gentlemen, the basketball schedule continues to come together. The Orange have definitively taken a step back this year with their scheduling as compared to last year. And the games that have been added in the new JMA Dome and that will be played in neutral sites are significantly easier than last year. Do you think somebody learned their lesson? Airs deeply at James Arthur Bayheim. The answer is no, because look what's coming up next year. Oh, no. Maui Invitational. <laughs> I forgot about the Maui Invite. Yeah. Uh, Let that simmer for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the... Yeah, I was going to say the Maui Invitational this year is not Syracuse, but yes, next year, 2023, is the Maui Invite, and that is a... Uh... Oh, boy. I forgot how stacked that field is. Would you like me to remind you? I would like you to remind me while I look up Syracuse's actual uh, 2022 uh, schedule. Uh, So, Gonzaga, Kansas, Marquette, Purdue, Tennessee, UCLA, Chaminade, and Syracuse. So Chaminade might be a W, and beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, but 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 knowing (laughs) them, but but knowing the Maui Invitational, Chaminade's getting Gonzaga or Kansas. Oh yeah, we're we're on the Chaminade line with that uh, <laughs> with, with that lineup. Like, there's no two ways about that. <laughs> oh, that's a depressing fact. Um, yeah. As a as, as a reminder, the six home and homes uh, that Syracuse has on the basketball schedule are BC, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Virginia, Virginia Tech. They're home against North Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, NC State. On the road against Florida State, Miami, Clemson, Louisville. Uh, They are in the Empire Classic, which includes Temple, Richmond, and St. John's. They're hosting Bryant. Who who would have thought that Richmond would be the favorite in that series? 
I that's a weird field. Uh, and Georgetown is also on the schedule, uh, expected to be on the schedule as well. I think that's been confirmed. So, uh, I will say this: I think that this year's team has a better shot of getting above five hundred, just by nature of the schedule being slightly easier. Though that all being said, that Big Ten ACC matchup is not kind all. Uh, and it's probably going to be a loss. That's what I got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah but, okay. Cool. Ne- we should <laughs> probably talk about the guys who just left Syracuse before we got talk about to the guys who's, who left Syracuse a long time ago. Yes. Uh, I was going to say, for those who have been holding out hope that Buddy Beheim and Cole Swider might appear on the TBT roster for Bayheim's I would like Army. to meet you. What kind of a team person are you? <laughs> I mean, they were the people who did not think that either Buddy or Cole were good enough to really get NBA looks, which, you know, that's not the craziest idea in the world. I, I think that, although what they did not take into effect was that this is a historically weak NBA draft class and everybody's basically a wild card. Um, Cole Swider signed with the Lakers after getting multiple workouts with them. So they really liked Cole, uh, what he showed off in uh, his private workouts with the Lakers. So good for him. Uh, And both Buddy and uh, Jimmy have signed on with the Detroit Pistons. However, uh, Buddy signed on with a two-way contract and Jimmy got a summer league invite with the Pistons. So for those who might also forget, Troy Weaver, former Syracuse basketball staffer, is the general manager of the Detroit Pistons. Just want to make sure everybody remembers that part of the deal. Uh, <laughs> you know, just throw that out there. Only sure the guy, only the guy who told uh, Jim Beheim, "Hey, you see that guy uh, in Baltimore? We should bring him to Syracuse." <laughs> yeah, you know the. Listen, I'm happy for both of them. Um, I think Buddy, if he can gain some athleticism, which I know is hard to do, but not unheard of, um, he could probably be an interesting 3 and D option for a Pistons team that's not looking to contend next year. See what happens there. Uh, and remember that Wes Johnson was a really good Syracuse player, but also stuck around in the NBA for like 15 years. So it's always kind of hard to tell who kind of makes the leap and has a game that will actually uh, transfer to the next level um, because the NBA game does tend to change much more quickly than the college game does. Yeah. You're into the uh, NBA thing, which at, at which point I just check out and don't understand what's happening. So it's okay. My team that I decided to jump on the bandwagon for is about to completely implode after two years. So, you know, Things are fine in Brooklyn. Yeah, about Things that. Are fine. Go back to Jersey, yeah. please. <laughs> no, I can walk to the arena. It's really convenient for me. <laughs> yep. Syrac- Syracuse ruined me because it gave me the expectation that I can walk to high-end, high-energy sporting events, and that's just the norm. Like fundamentally ruined that 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 that's actually not how life works and i he, hate it he said high energy sporting events you know how he didn't live through the robinson era <laughs> that is true i did enjoy syracuse football games they were a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> except for the 13 to 9 Rutgers game and the villanova game 
except for those two games. Those were the bad. Toledo game. The Toledo game, while bad, was actually kind of fun and crazy. So you know, I'll give that one a pass. Also, you've never really truly experienced a sporting fan adventure like walking from the Mount to the Syracuse Soccer Stadium. <laughs> it's really funny, though, because the Mount, you are halfway there. Yeah. You are literally halfway to the soccer stadium from main campus. It's just the route is a little bit indirect. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of former players who I used to see on the Mount, let's talk about Bayheim's Army. Uh, um, so... Bayheim's Army, for those that do not remember, uh, is the alumni Syracuse basketball team that participates in the TBT, otherwise known as the basketball tournament. Uh, winner, winning team gets a million dollars. Last year, Bayheim Army, Bayheim's Army won the whole TBT thanks to some non-Syracuse players and uh, Sugar Daddy Adam Weissman coming through with um, some bringing in some big names for the team. This year's roster um, is going to be DJ Kennedy, DeAndre Kane, Kyle uh, Wilcher, Wilcher D, D. Bost, Tyler Ennis, Rakeem Christmas, CJ Fair, Andrew White, Morek Dolajai, um, which is fun, interesting. Uh, their matchups have been revealed, and Syracuse is going to be hosting. So if you're in the Syracuse area, you should go to these games. Should be fun. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the New York bracket, uh, Syracuse will open up against India Rising, uh, new to TBT, so we don't really know a whole lot about them, but in the Syracuse region includes the number two seed Blue Collar U, which is Buffalo alumni. Their team is surprisingly stacked. Um, <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> it is a bunch of, like, former NBA guys that all went to Buffalo at different times. Uh, I think that actually might be the team to be in the region. Um, Brown and White is the number five seed. They are a bunch of St. Bonaventure alumni. I was just so, going to say, is that Bonnie's? <laughs> yeah. And so what the gave it away? <laughs> well, I was going to say, here's the thing. I, this, this bracket is specifically set up so that if, Syrac if Syracuse wins and Brown and White wins, they would match up in the round of 32. The winner of that would presumably face Blue Collar U, and you basically have the New York matchups of Syracuse versus Bonaventure versus Buffalo, which is what everybody wants every year anyways. Not um, if Steve's uh, second favorite team in the region, Friday Beers, has anything to say about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Still have no idea who they are, but just on name alone. They're, they're the former Armored Athlete team, if you remember Armored Athlete. Oh, okay. In, gotcha. Yeah, so yep. they just changed their name to Friday Beers. Seems like an upside grade. I don't know. Um, I just really hope. That, you know what? I'm okay with it. Beer is good. The uh, <laughs> I I just looked up the roster for that Buffalo team, and it's like, how they all went to Buffalo? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think some of that. That's a great way to put it. Yeah the uh, the Buffalo roster. I'm telling you, blue collar U is the one to watch for here. Um, however, NG Saints, uh, which is going to be playing uh blue collar you in the first round game features scoop jardine and rick jackson i forgot that is oh yeah the newman gretty <laughs> team as well i forgot they yeah. had a newman gretty team yeah so uh yeah gonna be i like straight up if you would like a nostalgia trip 
This year's tournament is in Syracuse and seems very much primed for you to do so if you went to Syracuse, St. Bonaventure, or Buffalo. So you should check it out. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, as per usual with this tournament, uh, we will not be doing any previews because we don't really know any of these teams. And this team is basically like roll the dice and see what happens. And that's kind of fun. Um, we will do our best to try to reach out to some of our friends, uh, James Zuba or Kevin Belby, and try to get them on here to kind of talk uh, about TBT a little bit more in detail once we get closer to uh, the tournament actually taking place. Uh, the Syracuse bracket is slated to take place between July 22nd and July 25th. I will be in Greece when that happens. So, so you're yeah, saying you that's guys... when we should be having them on to <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> All right. We've already set up our future schedule. Perfect. There you go. Uh, winner of the Syracuse region will play the winner of the New Mexico regional. Um, that is neat. That's, I just did not expect New Mexico to be a regional to, to pop up here, but here we are. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at the Record Park Regional because there's some stacked teams in that Record Park Regional. Yeah, the actual, all the regionals, for those who might not know, we've got West Virginia, Dayton, Syracuse, New Mexico, uh, Rucker Park, Xavier, Wichita, and Omaha. So uh, this is really like, all credit where credit's due. This has become a crazy national tournament, tapping into some hyper um, intense college basketball markets. Um, Which is kind of weird. (laughs) Friday Beers has a center named Rusty Featherstone. Oh, yes. From from (laughs) Rollins College, who in his mugshot for the uh, show or the, uh, the website has a uh, quarter a head on with a rainbow that says, Birds Ain't Real. <laughs> you wonder why this is my second favorite team now. This is now officially... Um, like, are you there's, sure? there's are you no sure way <laughs> this is not my are second you sure favorite he's a team center now. When his height is listed at 5'11"? That's what it's listed as. I don't know. I mean, if there was ever a Friday Beer League player, that is a Friday Beer League player. Yeah, I'd put money on him being one of the, you know, the donors or something, and they have a listed wrong, but that just was too perfect to pass up. <laughs> um, man, I'm sorry, birds ain't real. Is <laughs> just gonna. I don't know what what's the intent behind that. Is that something? Is that a is that a youth reference that I don't get? Christian, is that a TikTok thing? Do I not know TikTok? I don't know TikTok either. I'm asking the wrong guy. <laughs> Oh, damn it. We don't have a young enough podcast host for this. We're going to have to call Michael. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to call Michael. <laughs> Michael, explain the TikToks. <laughs> oh, Which boy. also, um, I saw a thing going around on LinkedIn that was a social media job asking for five to seven years of TikTok experience. TikTok it has not been around for five years. It was previously an app called Musical.ly, which got rebranded into TikTok five years ago. So, you know, just uh, TikTok is not that old, which is good for me because it makes me realize that it truly is a young person thing. So when I clicked on Mr. Featherstone, uh, Friday Beers legend and TikTok sensation Rusty Featherstone joins Friday Beers roster for TBT 2022. So <laughs> he is a TikTok. <laughs> you he cannot TikTok. make this up. Oh, God. Here we are. He's a TikTok. 
He's a TikTok. They're, they're uh, the TikTok team. In, in other word, in other news, I searched up uh, "birds ain't real" on uh, on uh, on Google, and, and this website was the first thing that popped up. I just posted in my Slack. Ah, uh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. We're down the rabbit hole, folks. We are officially down the uh, rabbit hole. Wait. Every oh my gosh, um, this is like oh wow! I thought that this was gonna actually be okay. No, never mind. Uh, I thought this was gonna be something serious. Um, well, actually, let me rephrase. It is serious, but I can't tell if this is like Church of Flying Spaghetti Monster, where it's an elaborate satire of the institution, or if it's like the people who now believe in the Flying Spaghetti Monster, and it's a joke that no, has gone way too far and become real. I think it's the former. I think it's the former. I re I really hope so. If so, <sighs> well done. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things, folks. Ain't that the truth? Oh, I love everything about this podcast. Uh, this is the true chaos energy that we need for a uh, off-season pod. This is Absolutely. what happens when Tampa is winning. Oh, oh, Stamkos. I mean, listen, I did not expect this Stanley Cup to go seven games, but uh, yes, please. We're. I will take that. We're at the end of June, and there's still hockey yeah. happening. What? Not as weird as when the NBA Finals were in the middle of July last year. Yeah. In the immortal words of uh, Louis Van Hall, what is this world twisted? To end it as we always do on Soccer Talk, what is this world twisted that Manchester City signed Calvin Phillips as a backup? The same one where Arsenal signed uh, Man, uh, Man City's backup striker to be their primary striker. Primary striker. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I'm I'm not in love with it, but I, in Arteta we trust. At um, least you guys I, made a signing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna Steve say. Steve and I, Steve and I, our clubs haven't made a signing. I mean, well, mine's not allowed to. So <laughs> yours at least could. <laughs> the more distressing part oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah soccer here we are again that usually means uh, it's about time to wrap this puppy up if we end up going yeah. into soccer talk sorry i just flipped on the birds ain't real thing and uh <laughs> that i'm just i'm no you're gonna have to pull me out of here uh, oh boy just, this is my this is my life now um thanks again for listening to uh troy dudes is an absolute podcast Rate us, review us, subscribe wherever you listen to this. Uh, we really appreciate it. It helps us trick the algorithm into expanding the Ottoman, em uh, Ottoman Empire. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Homefield Apparel, who, uh, as always, use promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, to get 10% off your first order of cozy collegiate apparel. Thank you to all those who are re uh, listening, reading, watching this on newsmagician.com. We appreciate you coming to the site, especially in the offseason. And uh, we will continue to deliver this level of chaos each and every week that we do a podcast uh, during the summer. So for Christian, for Steve, for everyone out there, including our retired in peace former podcast host, John Casillo, thank you for listening and go Orange. Apologies to Andy's wife. Your husband is now a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Go Orange. Go Orange. <laughs>